You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Just really um, take some time, if we can, to reflect upon all the things that we should be thankful for. The Bible says in Thessalonians that in, in all things that we should give thanks, in all things that we should, we should have a, a spirit and a heart of, of thanksgiving and of gratitude. And, and truly, truly tonight, we have so much to be thankful for. Truly tonight, there's so many blessings that we have. And I want to look for, uh, for uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1, a little bit in chapter 2. We'll just take a few moments tonight um, and look at just three things specifically tonight that we can rejoice in, that we can be thankful for. So Paul's writing here, it's a letter to a church that he started and, and, and founded, and he is probably some 800 miles away from them at the time in a place called Rome, and he's writing them. From, um, from, be, from, from a place of, of not, not a great place to be. He's under arrest. At this particular instance, it probably looks more like a house arrest type situation in Rome. And he's writing to this church. And he starts out and he gives, gives them a greeting in verse 1. And he says, verse 2, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He said, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making re- requests with joy for the, your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And, and he goes on, and we'll, we'll perhaps look at a few of these verses, but, but Paul here is, he's writing, and he's not with these people, but he's, when he thinks about them, he's, he's inclined to then pray for them, and he wants them to know he wants them to know that he's thankful for them. You know, we look and, and, and reflect, and, and hopefully this week especially, on all the things that we have to be thankful for. Hopefully that we'll take time to reflect upon a heart of gratitude, uh, of, of thanksgiving towards, towards the people that God has placed in our life. No, no doubt in my mind as he's writing this, He's, he's reflecting back to even the, the, the founding of this church. The founding of this church were not under, under what we would say ideal circumstances. Paul's preaching. Paul and Silas are preaching. And be, because they're preaching the gospel, they're arrested. They're, first they're beaten. And then they're arrested. They're thrown into prison. And in the midst of that, they, they're rejoicing. They're singing. They're praising God. And then and, and this earthquake comes. And, and if you remember back in Acts, Acts 16... There's, uh, the earthquake comes and, and the prisoners go f- or could go free and they could just be free to leave. But yet, yet Paul and Silas, the prisoners that were with them, they're, they're all there. And the, the jailer is just bewildered by this. And in kind of a long story short, that through that, this jailer comes to faith in Christ. His family comes to faith in Christ. And, and then a little later on, we see this, this woman that's possessed by devils. And, and Paul casts this devil out and... And, and, and is, is, is then she comes to faith in Christ. And, and, and so these are the, these are the people that, that when he's writing this letter, he has in mind. They, among so many more, is probably a large church at this time. And he's saying, I thank God. I thank God for every remembrance 
of you. And I would challenge each and every one of us tonight and this week to, to really reflect upon the people that God's placed in our life. Maybe it's people that have influenced you. Maybe it's people that you've had the privilege to, to, to influence and to be under and maybe lead to Christ or, or whatever the case might be that, that we would take time to reflect and have a heart of gratitude towards the people that are in our life. In the next chapter, Paul's reminding this church that they should be grateful and rejoice because of a man who was sacrificing so much for them. There was a man by the name of Epaphroditus that, that probably was the one carrying this letter. And, and, and Paul's pointing out that, that, that physically he had, had some issues and that there would have been more people that, were, or that would have been better physically equipped to do what he was doing. But he's, he's reminding them of, of the great sacrifice that this man has made. And how blessed that they could be. How blessed you and I are that this was the instrument that God used to, to probably give us this book that we're reading, Philippians. A man, Epaphroditus, who was poor in health and yet, yet he sacrificed. And, and may we never forget the sacrifices that people have made in our life. May we always be grateful for the people that, that were there for us when no one else was and the people that have invested in us and, and all praise and glory, of course, should go to Christ, but yet we should have a heart of gratitude towards the people that God's placed in our life. I think of so many people that, that invested in me and so many people that influenced me and so many people that, 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 that sacrificed that, that I, so I can enjoy many things that, that I enjoy because of the sacrifices that they made. And I'm so thankful just for, for people's patience and grace with me. You know, as I reflect back, I was, I was looking back at, at some old sermon notes, like right after I got to college and it, it was preaching. And I just thought, man, how embarrassing. I can't believe like that I actually like preach this. Like, and, and yet I think of just, the, just the, the grace that people showed me. You know, and I'll probably think the same thing 10 years from now, right? And, uh, but I'm so thankful for, for people that God's placed in my life that helped me, that loved me, that, that influenced me, that sacrificed for me. May tonight, may we have a heart of gratitude for the people that God's placed in our life. And may that cause us, may that cause us to let them know how much we appreciate them. May that cause us to spend time praying for them. Paul's saying when he remembers, upon every remembrance, he's remembering them through prayer. But not only uh, for the people that God has placed in our life, but, but tonight, may we be thankful for the problems that God places in our life. See, we hear a lot about counting our blessings and thanking God for our blessings, thanking God for provisions, thanking God for those good things. But yet, Paul's writing and, he, and he's going on and he's talking about how that, he says that, that the things, he's like, I want you to understand in verse 12, he's saying, I want you to understand the things that have happened to me. They've happened for the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, he's saying the, 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 the situation I'm in, being arrested, being a prisoner, Going to Rome, see, he wanted to go to Rome earlier in his life. We read about that, and yet God just seemed, it seemed like God just shut those doors. But now, now he's going under circumstances of, he's a prisoner. He's under arrest, not for any sin or wrongdoing that he's done, but because he's preaching the gospel. And so he's going to Rome as a prisoner, and he says this, he says, don't make any mistake about it. I want you to understand that these things that have happened to me, they've happened for the furtherance of the gospel. 
He says that so God could be magnified. And that's when he uses the, these famous words that we quote a lot that he says, you know, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't know what ha might happen to me to die is gain. I'm going to be with him. But he's like, but I know that not only that one day it will make sense, not only one day will everything be great when I'm in heaven and to die is gain. But, but he's pointing out that God has a purpose in this pain and the suffering right now. And look, maybe... Maybe you can relate all too well to this. Maybe this year has been a tough year. Maybe you've gone through a lot of heartache and pain and adversity. Maybe you've had a loved one pass away this year. And, and to be honest, like, you don't really look forward to the holidays. You actually dread them. Because it just brings up that pain and that hurt. And maybe that's where you, you find yourself tonight. Maybe there's people that have hurt you or, or, or betrayed you. Maybe it's even people that should have been an example and people that, that should have been, maybe it was pastors or teachers or, 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 or whatever the case might be. Maybe people that, were, that, 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 that influenced you and, and they, they hurt you, they let you down, they disappointed you. And, and maybe that's just something that you've had a hard time getting through and getting over. And it, maybe you've gotten bad news about your health or someone that you love, their, their health and the situation that they're in and... And maybe, honestly, you feel just really weighted down. And what I'm proposing tonight is this, that, that we can rejoice even in the middle of those things. Because nothing is wasted for a child of God. Now, yes, sometimes our own sin can, can we, we can bring difficulties upon ourselves because of our own sin and our own foolishness. But even in those cases, when we'll truly repent... When we'll truly, we'll truly just acknowledge our sin and, 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 and repent of that sin and turn from that sin. God can even take the situations that we ourselves have, have put ourselves in. And he can use it for his glory and for his purpose. And maybe tonight, maybe you find yourself just with a heavy heart. And it could just be that the things God's allowed to come into your life are so that the gospel can go forward. Paul says this, that, that Christ will be magnified in my body. In other words, so Christ looks good. He gets the glory. People look at what I'm going through and they look not at me. They look at him. Because when we're going through things like, it, it's so easy to just, to, 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 to only think about ourselves. Why me? And why is this happening? And how come I have to go through this? But it could just be, it could just be that very thing that's the hardest thing in our life right now. It could just be the greatest difficulty. It could be that God has brought that in our life because the gospel is going to go forward in a way that it wouldn't any other way. That was the case of a man by the name of Francis Collins. Maybe you've heard of him. Francis Collins was a brilliant doctor and, and scientist, and, and he, in fact, was on the, um, on the project of the, the human genome project of, of really just studying studying different uh, DNA to try to predict different, uh, predict different uh, diseases that, that, that people might have. And a brilliant, brilliant man. But for the longest time, he said that he was an atheist. He claimed he was an atheist. And he said that he was, he was um, uh, willfully ignorant, willfully blinded by things that were just staring him in the face. But something changed with Francis. And, and, and what God used to, to change him was, so he was a, a doctor at one time, actually here in North Carolina at, at, uh, at Chapel Hill. 
And he said that he would take care of patients and take care of some elderly patients. And, and, and he said it just, it, it, what amazed him was that, that even though they, they had physically, their situation was, was, was hopeless. I mean, he would tell people, look, I've really done all that I can for you. And he said their, their optimism, their optimism almost seemed like, like they were just in denial. But yet he said it just, it, it really just shook him one time because one of his patients who was a, a believer, professed faith in Christ, asked him one day, and she, and she said, Francis, you know, I, I've been talking to you about my faith, but what do you believe? What's your faith in? And he said, like, just the way that she asked it, he's like, it just hit him. And, and now that he's a believer, he looks back and recognizes it was the Holy Spirit that used that moment in that instant, but it really just took him back. And he got to thinking, he said he stumbled and really didn't have a good answer. And, and he said, God used that. God used that to, to begin to, for him to question things. And he actually went to a pastor that he knew. And it was a year-long uh, year um, dialogue with this pastor. And this pastor would give him books to read and answer his questions and share the gospel with him. And, and after a year of that, Francis put his faith in Christ as a believer now. And in fact, shares Christ and, and, and enters the, 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 the public square, the, the, the stages of debate with atheists all over. But I ask you this question, is, is there somebody maybe that's watching you right now? And look, I just, I wonder, I wonder who is it right now that's a year away from coming to faith in Christ? Who, who is it in your life right now? And, and they're seeing maybe some of the even difficulties that you're going through. And they see, not, not that you have like just this, this fake joy or this fake happiness where you just say all the, the right thing. But, but I mean, they really see a genuine faith. Who is it that's a year away from becoming a Christian? Who is it that's a month away? Like, do you have any idea who's watching you and who is so close to becoming a believer? The answer is no. No, you don't, and I don't, but I know this, that many times it's through our adversity that the gospel goes forward in a real and a powerful way, that goes forward even, even in just a, a, a different way of just, just talking with someone, though that's important, we're commanded, right, to share our faith and to be vocal. But sometimes it's through those difficult times in our life when things aren't going well and people see that and they see there's a, a genuine faith. It's, it's not because, and I, and I tell our churches all the time because we've had so many people just in the last year and a half come to faith in Christ and, and publicly be baptized in our church. And many of them, many of them, when they come to faith in Christ and when they publicly are identifying with Christ when they're baptized, what they're making, they're making a bold statement. And for many of them, they have family and friends that just don't understand that. And I tell them all the time, listen, people, people have this misconception that we follow Jesus just because it somehow betters our life. And somehow it just works for us. And, 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 and we just, you know, good for you. Like if you need that and that helps you, that's great. But, but, but when you go through something like really tragic, when you go through death of loved ones and cancer, you go through people hurting you and you still have joy and you still have a peace and 
and you're still a believer, still follow Christ. See, that's something that, that the unbeliever can't refute because it's genuine. And I just wonder, like, who, who is it in your life right now? They're watching you. And I don't think we should have, we should come across like, oh, we're just perfect and we never struggle and we never have, have seasons of doubt and we never struggle sometimes with, with having strong faith. That's not what I'm proposing. But what I am saying is this, that when we, when our faith is strengthened, not shattered through adversity, the unbelieving world sees that. Paul's saying this. He's saying that, yes, I'm going to Rome as a prisoner, but here's the thing. The gospel is going forward and he is rejoicing. He is thanking God, not because everything's great, not because circumstances are great, but because he recognizes that the gospel is going forward, that Christ is being magnified, Christ is being glorified through that. May tonight, may we remember to, be, to have a heart of, of gratitude towards the people that God has placed in our life. May we have a heart of gratitude even for the problems that God brings in our life. And then may we have a heart of gratitude. May tonight, may we take a moment to reflect and be thankful for not just the people God's placed in our life, not just for the problems God brings for his glory, but may we have a heart of gratitude to the one who paid the price for our sin on the cross. The next chapter, Paul is, is pointing a, a powerful, powerful truth out. And, and it's in the context of, of, of wanting the church to strive together for unity for the gospel. And he gives them this example, the example of Christ, the example of how Christ humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, obedient to the Father. Well, how does that make sense when Jesus is God and Jesus shares equal glory with God? Well, it makes sense when we look at how that Jesus voluntarily, willingly laid aside and didn't appeal to some of his godly attributes while he was on earth. He never ceased being God. But he willingly, voluntarily, humbly didn't appeal to some of those, those powerful attributes. Why? So that he could feel what you and I feel. He could go through what we go through. He could feel sorrow and pain. He could know, not just because he's God and he created us, but know experientially what those things were like. And Paul's saying he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But he goes on to say, though, he goes on to say in, in chapter 2 that in verse 9, he says, Wherefore, though God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's pointing out something that Jesus, yes, humbly Became, humbly came to us and he stood in our place and took our sin. He lived the life that we could and he died the death we deserve. And he stood in our place on the cross so that we could stand in his place in heaven. So that we, who are sinners, could be clothed in his righteousness. And he's saying Jesus humbled himself. He became obedient unto death. He died on the cross, but then he rose again. And he ascended back to equal glory with the Father. And he said that there's a name above every name. See, at the time that he's writing this, there was a, a, powerful, a powerful emperor by the name of Nero who was ruling. Nero was so powerful. Nero was so feared that, 
that literally at, at every public event, they would, before the event would start, they would, they would mention the name Nero, and upon the mention of his name, everyone would stop what they were doing, and they would, they would get down on one knee in honor and reverence and fear to the name of Nero. Make no mistake, this powerful and bold declaration that Paul's making. He's saying there is a name that is above every name, including Nero. And that one day every knee, even Nero, will bow to this name. Because Jesus Christ is exalted. Yes, he died a humble death. He died the death we deserve. But then he rose again. And he ascended into heaven. And one day he's promised he's going to come again. And you and I, here in this life, we can bow before him humbly for salvation. Or we will one day bow in humiliation for condemnation. But Jesus Christ died in our place. He died the death every one of us deserved. He came for the rebels, for the sinners like me, like all of us. And he offers peace. He offers salvation to everyone who will believe. And probably tonight, the majority of, of our gathering are believers. And we take time to just really reflect upon that grace. Maybe reflect that there's nothing good in, in us that we deserve any of that. It's his mercy. It's one word called grace. That any of us can stand in his presence one day. That any of us can be clothed in his righteousness is because of his grace in our life. None of us here deserve that tonight. But I ask you this, just in, as we conclude tonight, those that maybe are here tonight and you're not a believer. You don't, you never personally bowed your knee humbly in salvation and, and called upon Christ to be your savior. That tonight, today, you have the opportunity, the opportunity to humbly bow before him for salvation. Don't wait until it's too late because every knee will bow to him. We either bow now humbly for salvation or we will one day bow in humiliation for condemnation. God has blessed us and God has, has been so good to us. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight God's just speaking to you about something. Maybe it's just about taking that time to really reflect and praise him for your salvation. Maybe you're, you're, you've gone through or going through something really, really difficult. And, and honestly, if you're like me, like we can really complain. And we can really look at all the things that we're going through and we can, you know what we can do? We can compare and wonder, well, why am, why am I going through this and, and this person's not? And, and we can play that game of comparison when really what we should do is not, not ask God, why are you doing this? But ask God, what is it that you're teaching me through this? Who is it that's watching that you're using my testimony? Not that we have anything to brag about in and of ourselves, but hopefully people look at us and they see the grace of Christ. They see that God has changed our heart and that we have a peace, not a peace that the world gives, but we can have a peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of everything going on around us. And may others look at that and not see us, but may they look at that and see the grace of God in our life. Maybe there's people in your life that God has placed that, that have, have sacrificed for you, that have invested a lot in you, and maybe... Maybe tonight God's just speaking to you about just expressing that to them. 
See, so often we wait until it's too late. We wait, and at a funeral, we say all these things of appreciation to people, and, which is fine, and that's good, and there's a time for that that helps, but, but honestly, let's let people know now our appreciation for them. Let's let them know now our, our thankfulness for how God has used them in our life. Let's have a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.